Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. National College Football Writer for CBSSports.com. Dennis, uh, you know, summer is uh, starting to click away now uh, as we're inching closer and closer to the start of the football season. Always great to chat with you. Appreciate the time this morning. What's up, Dennis? Yeah, you too. Thanks, guys. We're uh, Suddenly we're getting close, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we really are. You know, and, <laughs> and and Dennis, let's start here. Uh, you know, before we get kind of a general overall look at the college football landscape, you know, Taz and I were talking about the big news coming out of California. Now it's a bill; it hasn't been signed into law. But uh, you know, the the news coming out of Cali uh, about potentially athletes, Division One athletes, being able to profit off of their name and likeness. Yeah, I. I... I think it's actually a sign of the times. I think this is going to happen. The fact that earlier this year the NCAA actually started a working group to look at that, I think is one of the biggest, some of the biggest news of the year. Because if you think about it, guys, for years they just said no. You know, no autographs, no anything. And I think they see the realization, whether it be pressure from the courts, or just eye-opening that, that this is going to happen. Uh, whether, whether you believe athletes deserve to be compensated more or not, I think they certainly deserve to have their birthright, and that's the ownership of, the, of their name, image, and likeness. That doesn't necessarily mean everybody's going to get a windfall, but it does, it does mean, for example, these guys you know, hopefully could get together, form a licensing agreement with somebody, put money in escrow for when they graduated. You know, that's not a recruiting inducement. That's not paying players. That gets around Title IX. And I think it could happen. People are trying to make this more complicated than it seems. Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, Dennis, it's, it's pretty evident, right? You know, like the NCAA, they, they you know, they're not, they can't be happy about this. They don't want this. I mean, I, I've talked a lot about here with, with Moose and I, you know, about like my yeah. son's, my son, you know, for two years, right, college athlete, Division One athlete. And I remember when he was getting recruited, man, there was so many rules and so many hoops to jump through. Can't talk to a coach now. Can't talk then. Got to wait till this. That the stuff that happens when kids are getting recruited, and then once you are a student, and uh, you know a lot of these kids that are Division One athletes, no matter what sport, that are living off campus once they're upperclassmen, a lot of them are living almost in I don't want to say in poverty, but they're not. They got to pay for everything, and they're 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 they're, they're doing all the same amount of academics that that regular students doing, and they have this. Big responsibility where, as you know, Dennis, college football players at the D1 level or basketball players, they're generating a plethora of money for these schools, and yet the, the person running the concession stands making more money than the starting quarterback. Yeah, that, that's really what this comes down to. And I've said this for years, that no matter what you think about this issue, the pot of unregulated money in college athletics, and, and I call it unregulated because the players don't get any, became so big that eventually the lawyers were going to come sniffing around. And that's why you see some of these big court cases um, that, that seek to compensate players. And I, I think it's fair. I don't think they need 
to become rich, but I, I did a story a few years ago with Josh Rosen when he was with UCLA, and he told me that even with all the money these kids are receiving from uh, from cost of attendance, there were still teammates sleeping on the facility floor uh, because exactly. they couldn't make rent that much. I also talked to an LSU player existing this year, this summer, who says he makes $12,000 a year between his his scholarship check, his cost of attendance, and other things. He's able to save money and put money away, but still believes players, you know, aren't getting enough. And I, I see that both ways because when, look, when you're a McKenzie Milton and you come out of an operating table, we're talking about the quarterback at Central Florida, and the first thing the doctor says is, we saved his leg. Uh, they don't tell you that on the scholarship papers. Right, right. No, they, right. No, they, they certainly don't. It, but Dennis, now, now let me add, you know, the NCAA certainly, you know, they don't want to see this become law, right? They've threatened it in terms of, uh, you know, keeping, you know, the California schools out of competing for uh, yeah. Division One championships. I mean, you know, California potentially here being the first state in, you know, how many state, you know, how quickly do you think the other states do follow? There's a similar bill, very similar in North Carolina. Um, I think what you're referring to is Mark Emmert this week came out and rattled sabers and said, well, if right. this happens in California, yeah, right. the, these players you know, may be declared ineligible. I thought Sally Jenkins of the Washington Post wrote a, a great column this week, and she basically called BS on that. Let's see if the NCAA does when they shut down the Rose Bowl, because that's what we're talking about. Uh, all those players wouldn't be eligible to play in the Rose Bowl. You think that's going to happen? No, no that's no way. They, no, no, no. So some, <laughs> something is going to have to be worked out, and whether it's California or North Carolina or nationally, I think there's going to be a road here. But look again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying pay the player, write them a check every week. I'm saying give them the same rights that we all have, that we can go out and make money off our likeness. You know, whether it's autographs, and there's a way to control it. Right. Um, whether it's a licensing agreement where they share jersey sales, uh, nobody's going to get rich off this thing. I, I, it's become, to me, more the idea of just let, letting them have ownership of it than any money. They right. Well, but having, uh, I'm sorry, okay, Dennis, having, having a little bit more freedom here, and it, it, you know, you mentioned with the Dennis with the, the question from my partner Taz is this is is adjusting to the times. I mean. You know, Emmert and the NCAA can't continue to keep their head in the sand and think it's, you know, 1982. I mean, it, it's 2019. Every Things are changing, and they've got to adjust and adapt and understand what how, what defines the college athlete in 2019 is different than what defined the college athlete in 1970. Here, here's the most embarrassing thing, because part of this is they could adopt the, the Olympic model. In about 1988, if you remember, they had the same – amateur guidelines and they adopted the amateur model they allowed these players these athletes to make commercials you know the the gymnasts who everybody loves and likes ratings are high nobody loves them any less because they're making united commercials um you know that's that's part of what this could be to the point that i think this is one of the most embarrassing egregious things in ncaa history katie ledecky this nation's best swimmer um you know maybe ever at least as a female was forced to give up college swimming because she wanted she wanted to do some or she was approached about doing some uh, some advertising. I think that was it. Unbelievable. And she she said no. I you know, she's staying at Stanford, but can't compete as an amateur in the NCAA because of this. I thought that was ridiculous. Uh, it is ridiculous. Awful. And you listen to CBS Sports Radio. This is Taz and the Moose. You listen to and our special guest is Dennis Dodd. 
uh, national college football writer for CBSSports.com. Dennis, like, you know, so you mentioned Emirate, like, so you think these are, like, as far as, far as towards California with the banning, so do you kind of feel like they're empty threats by Emirate? I think, I think they're threats. I don't know if they're empty or not. Like I said, I, I think this thing will be resolved before, look, the biggest state or second biggest state in the country, the NCAA says, it's, it's one thing to say you can't have championships there. Great, fine, you know, whatever. It's another thing to, to render players ineligible. And I, I think it'll get worked out, and I think that's why they have this working group. This working group has been told not to utter a word about it because I don't think they know what they can do. But I, I do think there's a, a somewhat simple fix that came in the O'Bannon case and was thrown out on appeal. Uh, in the case of jo- uh, Judge Claudia Wilkins, she said, you know, these players can earn up to no less than, by the way, uh, $5,000 per year, which would be $20,000 put in escrow upon graduation. They could gather that. I think you could do the same. Johnny Manziel signs autographs. You let these guys strike marketing deals. There's a big group out there called CLC, Collegiate Licensing Group, that, that owns the space, jerseys, everything. Let the players have 10%, 1%. I don't care. Let them negotiate a a license for the cover of EA Sports Football. Gosh, do we all miss that? Oh, God, yes. I was just talking and, to my you know, son about that. I miss yeah. it, too. It was awesome. You can't, you can't get in there. You know, it's funny. You mentioned in jerseys, right? I, I got to tell you, Dennis, I don't know if I ever told you this, Moose. So, like, I remember, like, when my son was a, was getting recruited, and he was we went to all these different schools, you know, from Penn State, Ohio State, all these mm-hmm. different Ivy League schools. Every bookstore you went in, every bookstore off campus or like where Main Street, you know, like most schools have, there are football and basketball jerseys with the star player of said school, his jersey number on it, but not the name. So they're making right. money. You, you go, get where I'm going. They're making oh, money yeah. off these kids, and these kids aren't seeing a dime. Yeah, and they're, the argument and I put forth by the likes of Jim Delaney, the, the outgoing Big Ten president, is the, the worth of that jersey is what that school put into that, you know, over its whatever 150-year history, not the number on that jersey. Uh, now, we, can all, we can all laugh at that, yeah. and we will. I don't but know. there's a significant amount of people who believe that's the case. This is the same Jim Delaney, and I love him to death, who is collecting a $20 million dollar bonus wow. on his way out the door at the Big Ten. Wow. That's a, that's a nice bonus to get, right? The history of the school, not not the kid's work ethic or that kid's <laughs> right. ability. Give me a break. That's hogwash. Uh, uh, we're talking to Dennis right. Dodd, National College Football Writer for CBSSports.com. Uh, so, so, in essence, Dennis, before we transition on the field, uh, you know, and get a little bit of a feel, you know, here in June about what we should expect late August, September when college football gets going, um, you know, you think this is you think this is going to become a law in California, um, and that uh, you know there will be adjustments here made made by the NCAA, correct? Well, I think I think the representative who I thought I read this this week, the representative who sponsored this bill, is willing to stand down at the moment and see what the NCAA develops. Some of the stuff I just talked about with sure. that working group. So it's not it's not DEFCON five right now. Gotcha. Um, there's talking on both sides. When you look at the landscape of college football right now, Dennis, um, you know, are we, you know, are we back to where, you know, to where we ended a year ago, where it's Alabama and Clemson at the top? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to try to steer around that auto accident. No, no, it, it is what it is. They've separated themselves. I think the number one storyline 
of the season is was was that Clemson four touchdown beatdown of, of Alabama the worst of Nick Saban's Alabama career? Is that a trend or, or does Alabama rebound? But certainly these two teams have separated themselves from everybody else. You, you just saw this week, I think it was this week, that Georgia, who you know maybe be that third team, their leading returning receiver was thrown off the team for some aggravated assault uh, mm. allegations. Wow. Their best receiver, guys, hasn't caught 200 yards in passes. I mean, they're, they're really thin at receiver. Uh, Clemson has cornered the market on recruiting. Alabama as well. Right. They've got the two best Heisman candidates at quarterback. I certainly think these teams will be in the playoff and meet again at the end. Yeah, and, and you know, speaking of quarterbacks, you're, you're, you know, with Alabama, obviously two are talking of Valor, and and but I got to say, the Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm, he's yeah. legit. I mean, I mean, if you talk of war, I mean, what, what quarterback would you go with, the Georgia kid or or, or two from Alabama? Well, I, I think Jake Fromm certainly is operating in the shadow of Trevor Lawrence and two. Right, with Clemson, I think yeah. he's a kid who has a chance. Look, he went 30-6 and six last year, I believe. I think yeah. it's 31-6. He's a kid, but I fully expect to complete 70% of his passes this year and, you know, obviously become a draft pick. He had numbers as a freshman two years ago that if we weren't talking about Trevor Lawrence right now, you know, would certainly be, boy, this guy can play right now, and obviously right. he can, but it's a giant shadow over Jake Fromm. Oh. Don't tell anybody that in Georgia. But those, those two <laughs> guys Trevor Lawrence, have yeah. a giant shadow over everybody else. Yeah. You know, what yeah. about out in uh, out in uh, Buckeye Land? What about Ohio State here? Uh, you know, first year under new head coach Ryan Day. This is fascinating. I, I think Ohio State will be favored, but they're going in with a rookie head coach, Ryan Day. You mentioned forty years old, who came from re- really nowhere. Uh, a favored quarterback coached by Chip Kelly in the NFL. Uh, he coached him at New Hampshire. And now, in times of trouble last August, he's elevated right away to interim coach when there were, I guess, about three guys on that staff who had more experience, more head coaching experience, and took it from there. The team prospered in those three games. Urban Meyer was suspended under Ryan Day. He goes out and gets Justin Field off, you know, again, the waiver wire and the transfer portal thing um and, and they look like they're just going to keep percolating along but i, I think you know, again the biggest game of the year for them is michigan uh because michigan suffered its worst loss ever to ohio state right. jim harbaugh's under all kinds of pressure and if michigan doesn't break through this year you know the feeling is when is he going to break through well, with the I rookie mean, head coach right and but the thing with, with harbaugh i mean i mean are you surprised dennis that he hasn't just had there was as you know you know, and, and Moose knows, we, we all know, there was so much hype on Harbaugh, you know, going yeah. back to his alma mater. I mean, are you surprised, like, how it's kind of like, eh, you know? Yeah, it, it, but you can't, it, it's, it's complicated. It's not, a, it's not a very simple, you know, conversation right. because he's won at least 10, three out of four years, but he has never so much in his college career even won a division, never mind a conference championship. And he's two and seven at, at Michigan against their biggest rivals: Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, that hasn't sit well. We know that they right. got wiped out last year. He's a heck of a coach. Apparently, the you know again the the offense is going to open up. Shea Patterson, he's got his quarterback. Uh, the the defense is supposedly good, but they lose. God, how many guys on the on the defensive line? Chase Winovich, Rashawn Gary, guys on that defense in the NFL. Legit guys, yeah. 
it did, it got sixty points put up on it by Ohio State. Yeah, so yeah. I juicy, juicy storylines. Let's say that. Yeah, <laughs> certainly, Dennis. You know, we, we know the big four, right? You know, you think we just talked about Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, mm-hmm. Alabama. I mean, the four kind of constants that have been in that conversation in terms of pursuit of a national championship the last handful of years. If I go outside that top four this year, is there a team that you know is still obviously a you know a, a Power Five conference team? Is is there a team that you think has an opportunity this year uh, to to crack and and break up that Big Four going into this college football season? I think Texas, and look, I'm not ever calling Texas a dark horse, but they did beat Oklahoma last year. They physically dominated Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. And if they, so they, they know they can beat Oklahoma. If they do in the Big 12 and cause that rematch, you know, win that game, they can get to the playoffs. Um, you know, in Tom Berman's second year, he won 10. I think things are getting in place. It, it makes them stronger. It makes the Big 12 stronger. They've got a Heisman-worthy quarterback in Sam Ellinger, and they got an edge to them. Um, they just have to run the ball, I think, a little bit stronger. But I would say Texas could break through mostly because it's very talented. It has access to the playoffs because it can beat Oklahoma not once, but twice. How do you leave them out? Hey, Dennis, a great job this morning. Yes, we sir. really appreciate it. And, um, and uh, have yourself a great weekend, and we'll chat again real soon. Thanks a lot, Dennis. All right, guys. Thanks so much. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.